Hey guys, welcome back to the Origins podcast. Uh, this is episode 11. Firstly, I'd like to apologize for such a delay in, um, in getting this episode out there. It was, it did start off a, a weekly thing, but throughout lockdown and stuff and, uh, and recently we just had a lot going on and, and not really been able to get an episode out there. Part, probably all my fault, to be fair. Rob's probably been keen to do one every week. It's just me um, messing up the schedule. But um, but yeah, guys, welcome back. We are going to try and get one out every week, yeah? Yeah, 100%. It, yeah, I, I agree. It was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I, I take full responsibility. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rob, give us a little update on, on yourself, seeing as that we haven't, haven't done one in a long time. Tell the guys what, um, what you've been up to. How long has it been? Has it be? It's been over a month, I think. Well, the, the last one was with Joe, and I think yeah. it was probably a good three-week gap between nine and ten, and then the Joe easy, bro. I think two months. Wow. Okay. It's been um, since I've, I've I've been at uni like five six weeks. I've been in Loft like five six weeks. Yeah. Well, I've been in Birmingham now for two. And um, like so yours, back at uni. I was at yours two months ago, bro. It was way before that. Yeah, it was before that, wasn't it? (laughs) It could easily be be late July, early August. Yeah, okay. So a lot's happened. Have we even spoken since the gyms reopened? Bro, 26th 26th of July it was. So the gyms had opened then, hadn't they? Yeah, yeah. Because we we spoke about the protein spare modified fast. And that, yeah, I think the gyms have been open like, what, a week, if that? Yeah. Maybe even a few days. Yeah, a few days. Okay, so there's a lot to go over. Um, yeah, back at uni, back into third year. Um, split split started um, at Ultimate Fitness again, which is actually really nice. Like, um, just being able to use a variety of equipment. Yeah, compared to... Um, compared to lockdown and then ultimate's a little well, out in your home gym isn't it lockdown in the home gym yeah like just i don't know using some hammer strength equipment different leg presses um Sorry, trained bro, I, don't at want, te- I, don't, I don't want to interrupt but can you hear can you hear me eating? no no all right, all right. i've just got a post-workout cocoa pops here and i just i'm a bit um apprehensive if you can hear anyway carry on then carry on sorry that's okay um yeah, trained at Temple today. Got the first rotation in at Temple Gym for legs on the on the um, pendulum squat, which I've missed. It's so it's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even know if I've spoken about my YouTube or anything on the podcast. Probably not, bro. Tell, tell them about it. I started a YouTube. Um, <laughs> that's about it, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> every week um it's actually going pretty well the last the last few videos is, is picked up nicely um mm-hmm. and I, I actually enjoy making them to be fair i, I enjoy editing and stuff i think that shows in the videos um yeah the um, yeah. level of editing's improved vid on vid i can i can safely say that because like your every bit like you do you do like a little montage, like, you know, breaking up clips and do like a little bit of music and a, a montage. But yeah. They were basic. You yeah. can see what you were trying to do. And now like you, you, you nail them. Like the editing's way, way better. Yeah. Well, I think the fact I'm improving massively each video and even 
getting used to speaking in front of the camera as well because that was so alien at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I think that definitely showed and I think it's showing it's getting easier as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Is yours ever going to come back? Hold on, is that... Your YouTube is just Robbie Tuckerman, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The people to actually, yeah. Um, I don't know, we'll see. I just... I you, just did, you did start, didn't you? You started to film one. I, I, I think I've got two or three filmed up. Like 90% what, done. fully edited and everything? They just don't have, um, like, a, an outro clip. Um, and just as I'd go to edit it, they just didn't flow yeah. as well as my other ones did. I used to like care so much about how the video flowed and how it looked. I used, cause I, I love yeah. editing as much as, as anything. And um, I just weren't happy with them. And so I just never put them out there. And then I got into a spiral of just, I probably got four or five, you know, cause I think even at uni I did like two or three that I just never put oh, out did there. You? My last one is with Bridgman. Yeah. Which is like what's that a year ago now? Yeah, literally a year. Yeah. Um, but we'll see because the the thing is, it does bring in a lot of like clients as well. It is another form of advertisement. Yeah, for um, sure. For for coaching, so we'll see. Um, I don't know. I think it's a shame because you did you did have such a high quality of video. Like if you look at most people of your like subscriber size. The, the quality is far exceeds what like, the recognition you actually got. And I think you did get start to get a lot of recognition towards the end. I think you stopped at probably the worst time. No, completely. I definitely stopped at the worst time. Subs were, subs were climbing well, but it was more like viewer retention and the amount of views I was getting per video, comparative to subs, was like through the roof. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did. I stopped at the complete wrong time, to be fair. Oh well. Oh well, we'll see. Oh well. So you started a YouTube channel since the podcast. Um, training, how's that been? Yes, very good. Um, it's, it's weird. Some movements and some like sessions, I'll be all-time strength on movements. Like today, uh, leg press, all-time strength, the highest. There's nine plates aside on that Cybex um, leg press. I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like on the pendulum, I did four plates, and the most I'd ever done before is four and a half for a top set. So there's some things that haven't quite caught up yet, which is strange because it's like random bits throughout a session I that just aren't strong enough yet. And transferable skills, yeah. Because obviously, a leg press, regardless if it's a even a squat press to a sled press, there's still a lot of like transferable movement where a pendulum. Yeah. So although you've been hacking, like that pendulum and um, resistance profile and curve is completely different to the hat. Whereas, uh, whereas the leg press, you can keep, although you're moving from leg press to leg press, that strength is still building up. Do you get me? Well, yeah, it's a very similar movement pattern. Yeah, exactly. But it is weird things like, like lateral raises just aren't as strong as they were before lockdown yeah, when, when my like shoulder pressing is like strongest. So it's, mm. it's weird. That is weird. But the um, the side side press is nice, and I've got it in my gym. Oh, it's so nice. Well, I've got like the, the newer version compared to that one, but I do love the Temple one with the old school, the old school feel as well. How is the newer like version of it? Pretty much exactly the same, apart from locking out is far safer than using them tiny little pins that the Temple one. Has. 
Yeah. <laughs> the I almost missed it. I almost missed it today to unrack it, to, to rack it again. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So what about you, training-wise, riddled with injuries? Um, yeah, so I think the last time we spoke, I had the, um, the avulsion fracture. I had that throughout the whole podcast. Kind of healed. As soon as gyms open, I went and did a pendulum squat, refractured it. Um, so I've just kind of been nursing myself back with leg training, week on week getting stronger. I can only really leg press and, then isol- and use isolation movements. I, I haven't attempted any kind of squat movement yet. Um, but I'm pretty much, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm all time strength on a leg press or not. I mean, I'm surely pretty close to it. Well, you haven't really done a proper top set, but in terms of back off strength, like with the higher rep sets. Oh, definitely. Good, good point, actually. I mean, what did I have? 13 for 12 or 11? 13 plates for 12 or 11? Yeah. I've never yeah. done a back off set with 13 plates on the leg press before. Yeah. yeah. It's almost 600 kilo with the, with the press itself. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm all time strength on the leg press, I guess, <laughs> with subpar leg training. Uh, and week on week, they are, they are blowing up. Because I, my left leg looked very, very detrained um, comparative to my right. I wouldn't say my right lost any muscle, but my left, it did. Um, but they're both on the way back. They're both growing well. And then about a month ago, I pulled my pet quite badly in a shit fucking prime incline press. My um, Ultraflex Rotherham. Um and since then, I've barely, I've barely done any kind of direct chest pressing. I've been able to do a um, some shoulder pressing and use the hammer strength shoulder press. But today, uh, I trained portion for the first time. I, I was able to successfully do two, uh, three chest movements. So at the minute, injuries, the we're coming back to full strength and full health, which is good. Which is decent. Yeah, very good. So what, what was it on the? Um, you did. So you did flat uh, reverse banded Smith press today. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, and and uh, then you got a pretty decent load on that, didn't you? I had three plates and I took it for seventeen reps without a spot or a lift off. Um, <laughs> I'd really? say packed probably about 70 percent healed. Uh, and then after that, I thought, fucking hell, six three plates flew. Surely four plates will feel okay. And I got someone to unrack it with me and I took it for six reps after that 17 repper. So I'd probably have a nine, 10 in the bank uh, fresh. We'll see next week. Um, so, yeah. so it did, it did go quite well to be fair. I am just kind of manipulating it more of a, more, a bit more narrow than usual and less like elbow flare, trying to tuck them elbows in a little. Um, but the band, the band's just perfect. Uh, it just yeah. drops off so nicely at the bottom and then, it's banded so that it, it doesn't it kicks in about halfway through as opposed to just completely yeah. banding throughout. Um, so yeah, it was decent. I mean, one of the questions is um, what is our current training split? If you want to go into that now, while we're yeah. So my my current split is push pull rest, uh, delts and arms legs rest, and then repeat. And there's two rotations of each each session. Um, at one point we were doing pull before push, so this this changed on this rotation because the the upper back fatigue and like the soreness from from training pull the day before push had such a big effect on the on the push session. Yeah. 
like in terms of stabilizing the upper back and and um bracing like with, with the press you need the scapulars to be to be locked in and, and in position and when you're fatigued that's harder to do um so that 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 got stopped around and also we d- doing like an rdl or like a heavy like demanding movement on the nervous system the day before a push session the push session was bad because you you almost need a, you just need a rest day after a big movement like that yeah. um so that that's that um delts and arms day because my delts and arms lack massively and I've been running this now since the gym's open and my arms specifically have like tripled in size. It's, it's crazy that just being able to actually apply some proper volume and some like high quality reps to the arms, like when they're fresh, as opposed to sticking them in the end of like a leg session or, or a push session when they're already like massively fatigued. Um, had a huge effect i think we've both both seen that actually to be fair mm-hmm. um and yeah just just making sure we have enough time between the big days to like put in legs enough enough sleeps and enough recovery time um, and this split has worked better for me than any other split has before so very much enjoying it the man um i'm running the exact same split are you going to change it? No. Because of injuries? No, I've thought about putting a leg on, but I'm going to keep it the same. It does make sense in terms of... Because I'm so limited to just that leg press movement pattern in my gym. Yeah. It does make sense to kind of throw it in again as opposed... Because I, I, I can only do one compound set in a leg day. Uh, <laughs> So I was going to do a leg pull day, but then I thought, fuck, that's then seven sleeps until I'll train chest again. Yeah. And then I thought, well, then chest, he's already like had a month out. And like, like, like I can't train chest once every seven days and then just give it what? Because there's that, there's that risk to reward ratio of even like, well, stimulus to fatigue where I could put some more volume in my chest workout, but then is that volume even effective? Um, to, to like trigger more hypertrophy when I'm going to train it seven days later. Like I'd rather train it more frequently. Like I think my volume for my chest is already like as high as it can be at the minute, especially with how strong I am. So I can't really tag on more volume into the push workout. So then I'm giving myself two, another sleep before I train chest again. I just don't think it's enough. So I'm not going to put the, the leg pull in. Yeah, that's fair enough. But as I say, like the, the delts and arms, the, the amount of recovery that, that, that this split allows is perfect. Um, my arms are such a weak point and they've, they've come on massively. Like even the video I put up on today of the muscle round, I was looking at my arms and I was thinking, they look so much bigger. Even yeah. Inside, they look so much bigger. Uh, and then I don't think anyone can have um, two big delts. So tagging some delts in at the end is, is perfect. Mm. I mean, I've never had anyone compliment me on my arms before, ever. That's never been something that's happened. Whereas recently, I've had people say that my arms have grown. So that, it just goes to show. Yeah, 100%. Um, Because like, tagging them on, yeah, I mean, we do tag them on at the end of push and pull, but like, after a taxing fucking push and pull session, how much intensity can we deliver to, to some push downs or some curls? Yeah comparative to having a day on their own. Whereas 
I don't believe like novice beginners should be having an arm day. Yeah. Uh, I think it's pointless. I think you're wasting time. But like once you've been training for a while, once weak body parts start appearing, like you don't know what weak body part you have when you first start training. I've got so many clients that literally have just the tiniest bits of arm volume tagged on at the end of sessions and their arms are blowing up. They don't have an arm day where we've had to actually dedicate a full arm day. Um, so it's just what you're given. It's just, you know, genetics plays such a fucking huge role. It's ridiculous. But I don't think a, a beginner should have an arm day in, in a program. Yeah, I agree. Because they need more of everything. Exactly. There's no specifics. You don't have a weak point at that. Everything's weak. Yeah, weak points will come to show when when the, the couple of years tick by of training and, and things stall where other things, other areas progress. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Did you just shush Leah? No. <laughs> oh, she's she's been good. very good, bless her. She's, she's nice and quiet. She hasn't actually done anything. Oh, you got a little I don't shush. know what you heard. <laughs> <laughs> it just wouldn't surprise me. She, she, um, just, she just said, can she say hello? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, say hi to the podcast. Hello, oh my God. I'm nervous now. <laughs> Hello, Origins Podcast. <laughs> oh, fuck me. You should have just said no. <laughs> oh, bless her. She's so nervous now, aren't you? <laughs> oh, right, bro. Should we crack on with the questions then? Yeah, anyway. Get your questions up, yeah. First one I've had is, um, I can't see abs when in a deficit. Does that mean I have no abs? What? So, well, they're just not lean enough yet. Yeah. Um, Is that the answer, answer, surely? Yeah, yeah, that, that is the answer. I mean, deficit doesn't mean anything. I mean, I could be one day into a deficit at peak off-season body weight, I've, I've not got any abs. Uh, the, the simple matter is probably that you have weak abs um, if you've been dieting for a long time. This is actually a client of mine. Um, oh, okay. We haven't reached anywhere near the levels of body fat for you to, to have full visible abs yet. Um, and, and we've only been dieting three, four weeks anyway. Um, so I don't even know if, if she has weak abs or not, but you're just not at a, a low enough body fat percentage to, to see your abs. Yeah. I mean, I was a bit, I was a bit harsh with that answer, but it's, it's very context dependent, isn't it? Like how long have you been in the deficit? I was going to say the exact same thing. I mean, the question doesn't have a lot of context. Um, the, the, the simple matter is you're just not lean enough to see your abs. That's it. It's not the case of you don't have abs. Like everybody has abs. It's just a muscle. Um, potentially, you could have weak abs. Like I, they are definitely a weak point on my physique. Uh, I'd love to have really beautiful abs that uh, you could even see in an off-season. It's sort of like Finn, where he's got abs all like yeah. these blocky abs that you can see all, all year. Uh, but the, 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 you're just not lean enough, that's all. Uh, next question is uh, where and how to program muscle rounds. 
Rob? I think, well, it's it again, it's context dependent. So when does recovery allow for it? When, like, you need to, uh, let me think. I wouldn't say there's any specific time you'd want to program a muscle around. Maybe avoid it earlier on in the session. Yeah, so I'd say avoid it earlier on in the session. Uh, and I'd say pick a, an exercise that you can pro- perform safely. Uh, yeah. Like an exercise that probably a machine or, or a cable that you can safely rest as opposed to like a barbell or something. Um, I mean, I probably wouldn't do a big, like an, a hugely demanding exercise with a muscle round either that deep into a session. Like, yeah. I think people don't realize that although it's one set, Although it's six, it's six sets, but you know, one big cluster set. Um, uh, the demand is huge for a muscle round. Because You're accumulating way more fatigue from from a load that you would do in, on a, just a normal set. Exactly. It's a, low, it's a straight set that you take for 15 reps and you're doing it for 24 reps. You, yeah. You've got nine more effective reps there, literally. Like, the, 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 the fatigue it generates is massive. So again, it's, it's where you can... When you, when you can recover from it and, and, and at that point where you kind of think it's the same with all kind of intensifiers, it's at the point where recovery allows it. Um, I've added one in today to my push session to try and generate a little more volume um, towards my chest across the week, pretty much because of the thought that I had that, especially with now having to do a hammer strength shoulder press and taking a dip out my chest isn't getting worked anywhere near as much as it was. And so I've put this, put this muscle around in, but I know that it's an exercise that doesn't like generate a huge amount of fatigue on itself. Like the D-handle um, cable chest press, like, you know, the exercise itself is, is pretty straightforward. Um, I've got a huge amount of bracing and stability through the, through the um, bench. It's on a cable. So it's not like a free weight machine, uh, a free weight exercise. So I, I can recover from it nicely. Again, I'd just avoid it at the um, at the start of a workout, probably. You know, you don't want to do yeah. into your, your top set and back off sets. I think injury is a good point there because you like you can accumulate a decent amount of volume without like you're hitting failure at one point across that that whole set. Um, so you're only really becoming dangerous, if anything, to to an injury at one point, and you've already accumulated a lot of volume prior to that. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah, I think I think they're they're a fantastic intensifying tool, uh, and just use them when recovery allows you to use them. Yeah, in terms of exercises, probably just isolation work. I think the the biggest kind of compound movement I'd use a muscle around for is like a leg press or a single leg press. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do any kind of RDL with a muscle around or anything. Like no. Um, I think that would just that would just fry you. Uh, no, I agree. Probably a leg press, the biggest thing that I would that I would do a muscle around. I would do a muscle around on. Definitely not anything like a, a barbell squat. Um, that is just a recipe for disaster. Something well, by the time you've actually you know, racked it and unracked it, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, what was your question? Um, one sec. Let me get it up. Okay, so 
Related to macros, would you rather go over calories for the sake of hitting a protein goal? Um, so do you want to take the lead on this one? <laughs> it's for the sake of macros, would you rather go over calories? Uh, again, it needs a bit more context. Um, how far under the protein goal you are, if you like, and depends what your protein goal set at. Like, I weigh like 225 pounds, but my protein's at 300. So if, I, if I'd gone over calories already and I've hit 250, 260 grams of protein, I wouldn't push for that extra 40 gram when I've already hit a pound per, um, a gram per pound body weight. But then if I was in like a, you know, even in towards the tail end of a deficit, it just, it, it's a really hard one to answer because it depends how far under the protein you are. Yeah. I, my advice probably would be, don't get to that point where you've let it happen. Plan your day ahead. You know, plan each meal ahead on my fitness pal. Don't cook a meal and then do the my fitness pal. Like, do you know what I mean? Don't track it once you've eaten it. Track yeah, it. Yeah, I can't. I can't say I've ever been in this situation where I've hit my calories, but I'm way under a certain macro. Well, especially protein. That's like the staple yeah. that I would get through each meal. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can't say I've ever been in a situation. My advice would be just don't do it. That would be the advice. Don't let it happen. Fair enough. Very simple. <laughs> Just don't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, my question is how to um, keep stay sensitive to insulin in off-season. So how to maintain insulin sensitivity in an off-season when pushing food high. I think... Probably the, the gold, golden rule with this is just staying active, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I, I'm prioritizing carbohydrate feedings. Yeah. So I think staying active, some form of activity in and off season is essential, whether that's a decent amount of steps throughout the day or keeping some form of, of CV training in. Uh, and this also goes down to like intense training too, like keeping your training intense. Uh, even yeah. like 10 minute walks after meals to aid digestion. Um, I think that's that's probably the number one. Um, nutrient type, as you've said, carbohydrate feeding, you know, keeping simple carbs post-workout. Um, and then the more complex carbs, you know, with a, with a lower GI index, keeping them throughout the day uh, and, and your, your simple carbs post-workout. And even again, back-loading carbohydrates after the workout and having your more heavily heavy carb based meals as meals after after you work out as opposed to like if you have the time to potentially have a just a, a pro fat, fat breakfast i'd probably advise that still yeah and yeah, like, if, if you unless it's unless it is your pre-workout meal and you respond well to carbs pre-workout but even then you're going to be utilizing those carbohydrates anyway i think you could you'd be surprised how many carb like grams of carbs you can fit into like a post-workout meal because even like me like I'm not hungry until I train really I only have one yeah. meal before I train and then that's when all my meals like I'm, I only kind of get my appetite now after I've trained and that, that post-workout meal is just golden I can just nail 250 gram of carbs with ease yeah um, and then I think creating that that, um, that little drop off on a rest day dropping carbs pushing fats up higher 
um, getting more essential fatty acids in on a rest day and then having a little drop off in carbs that can help regain some sensitivity um, don't push body fat stupidly high I think that's actually a very a very big one because body fat will cause a lot of insulin resistance if you're too fat. I think that's a huge one, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not me. I'm a big advocate of pushing body weight up, but the, the, there comes a point of diminishing returns. Uh, and especially yeah. as a natural, I think you should push your body weight up high in an off-season. Um, but that's not saying get fat. As soon as you actually think, fuck, I'm actually quite fat I'd probably diet down at that point yeah um, sleep and stress management probably massive again yeah I think, I think that I think every single question pretty much could be answered with with having good sleep sleep hygiene and, and keeping stress to a minimum it's going to help with everything and then I don't know a GDA maybe if carbs are really high or like a berberine product but again I wouldn't rely on them. And that's only when carbs are really, really high. And only with certain meals too. I, I see people smashing GDAs instantly on like 400 gram of carb with every meal. It's pointless. Well, and having a post-workout as well when you're yes. already as susceptible as you're going to be to carbs. <laughs> it's glycomax post-workout, yeah. Um, I did have I did have glycomax in at the end of my off season and, and carbs were what like over a thousand gram. Um, yeah. So that's when I had them in with certain meals. But yeah, a, a good GDA um, and ensure a glycomax or some product containing berberine. Um, but yeah, I think the number one is don't get silly fat and have some decent expenditure still in your off season. Yeah, uh, for sure. Deload week versus devolume week. Oh, this is a oh, interesting topic. Yeah. What we've been talking about for quite a while. Well, we we both have a, a stance on this. Um, it's weird how it's kind of created a divide at the minute. Yeah. Um, it is a, um, a new, it just seems to be a new trend, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> They come about every couple of months. Um, look, I don't think you can mitigate fatigue properly and effectively through a D-volume week um, at all. Well, yeah, just to clarify, we, we are more D-load than D-volume. We're on that side of the fence. I've just done a D-load. Uh, I don't... I, I see... Yeah, so basically, let, let's clear this up. We think D-load is the right way to go about it. Um, the whole point is to eliminate as much fatigue as possible, you know, remove that fatigue that you've accumulated for for weeks and weeks on end. Um, I don't think going in a gym and doing some kind of D-volume session where you're still taking straight sets to complete failure can achieve this. Yes, you've dropped off a bad yeah. Yes, you're not doing any intensifiers or force reps, but you're still accumulating so much fatigue in that week. You're still taking fucking hack squats and RDLs to complete muscular failure. In what way is that giving the CNS a break? Yeah. We also want to deload 
the, the nervous system and, and have a psychological break from training as well. Allow all psychological stress to drop off and just chill for a week and just enjoy not training and, and allow all stress, psychological and physiological stress just to remove and then and then get back into training. It's not going to have any effect on performance. No, at all. No, I mean, I've come back in today and the performance is through the roof. You're not going to lose any movement pattern in a week as well. Um, no. Now, I do see merit for a devolume in like two situations. One, which I've done with a client recently, and that's because they've had like a super stressful uh, like couple of weeks prior to it. Um, and they don't, they don't need a deload as such. And it's not like numbers are dropping or anything like that, but just um, external stress, uh, not external, um, yeah, external stress from outside of the gym is, is quite hard. Yeah. And so we've gone in and done a kind of a devolume week where, where we just kind of just, because they can't handle that much training at that point in time, and then they've come back on, on the other side of it and we're back up to normal training volume and, and it's worked perfectly because they don't warrant that big actual deload. Like they're not due one for quite a long time. It's just that externally they've got a lot going on. Yeah. I think that makes sense. And then I think if you're at the tail end of a prep and I'm talking the tail end of a prep as a natural, I think a devolume week makes sense. Yeah. Because at that point, you know, the only way, the only two things you have of holding on to tissue is training and food. And so I think pulling a week off training at the proper tail end of a prep as a natural doesn't make sense. Assisted, you can get away with it because of the exogenous hormones and, and you know, that, that we have to keep hold of, of, of muscle. So you can probably get away with, with not training then and, and doing a little flat and running the deload. But with, with a natural, uh, running that flat, not training for a week, probably doesn't make sense towards the tail end of a prep yeah I agree fully um, but yeah massively in the deload camp especially I mean if you're doing a devolume in an off season I think it's ridiculous yeah I mean you, you can look at every situation again like everything's so context dependent and you can look at certain client situations like like yours uh, and sometimes a devolume week, week will apply but for the majority of the time a deload is just going to be more effective. At the, at the actual purpose of the deload and at the purpose of what you're trying to achieve, a deload will achieve that better than a devolume week. Yeah, I mean, well, I hadn't really heard of this devolume until a, until a couple of people started doing it. Like it, to me, it was just I'm just just dropping training volume a little because stress outside the gym is really high. So I've just pulled a couple of sets. I've just pulled some intensifiers. I've just dropped some rest pause offs to some straight sets. You know, like. It's not. There's no. It's just. It's just part of the coaching process, isn't it? I'm not really just devoluming someone. Um, yeah. I'm just. I'm just taking training volume down a little, just to match their recovery capabilities. Yeah, it's just caught on as a trend. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, massively in the in the deload camp, for for probably ninety percent of the time. Uh, and then my final question is, basically bodybuilding at university as a whole and balancing bodybuilding at university and if, if, if we've got any tips because obviously we, we're both still in uni and we're, we're both avid bodybuilders uh, well i did just do a youtube video on that so you can go and watch that did you actually oh so you don't watch my videos then do you <laughs> <laughs> is it your most recent one it is my most recent uh, vid yeah i haven't watched that one 
You're not giving me that. Right. I always drop my comment and the like. I know when you've watched it because you, you'll drop a comment. <laughs> so I've had like three comments. So three oh, bits. shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead to Rob's video if you want it in more depth. Any tips then? I think so time management is huge because of a training typically like we're not going to train in an hour are we no most of the time so so actually planning meals around training planning training and meals around lectures and work that you need to do um in terms of food i i, I do like to completely plan my diet out so when i when i go to the shops I know exactly what I'm going to get. So I don't need to go back again. Um, and also know how much it's going to cost because there is a big budget whilst bodybuilding at uni. Um, and the same goes for supplements as well. They're just budgeting everything and making sure you, you, you know exactly what you're spending. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And I also think, I mean, especially probably first and second year, I do think, don't neglect your social life. Um, yeah. You're at, you're at uni once, you're 19, 20. You're an absolute baby in bodybuilding. A baby. Fucking, you know, you're not going to hit peak until, what, 32, 33. Like, you are a baby. You've already got such a head start on most people. Um, and I think at that stage, it isn't really going to detract any kind of gains, you know, having a night out a week. Um because you're at uni once, this is the only time you are going to be 19, 20. I wouldn't massively neglect it, especially like first year. Um, would you not agree? I agree, yeah. And like freshers week, if you d- don't not go out on freshers week or f- first year specifically, yeah. And I think I actually made this mistake myself. I didn't, I didn't go out enough first year. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, even... I mean, I've just done third year, but I had a year out, so I went out a bit more then. Um, but yeah, I think you would look back and regret it a lot more than if you didn't, than if you than if you did go out. Um, so just make sure that you have a decent social life too and you balance that. Again, some alcohol a week isn't really going to take any gains away, really, um, especially when you're probably a newbie lifter as it is. Uh, and just, just plan it wisely. Just plan it wisely around training. Um but yeah, I think budget in's a, a, a huge one, really, and just time management. Yeah. Would you say now doing a master's is it's more about time management because you have a bigger workload? Yeah, time management for me is, is massive now, to be fair, um, especially with coaching as well. Like the highest workload I've ever had coaching, uh, the master's workload. I mean, I'm on weekend, so that's not massive at the minute, but it's going to be massive. Um, so time management for me, and that's that's really like I'm training alone now, so I can't train with Finn and Reese um, because they train every single day at two, and most of the time that's when I've got lectures anyway. So I'm, I'm training alone, and but I think time management is super key for me this year, and that's something I've never been good at as well, ever. And like you can do you know do you know who the person is asking this question? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I, I was just th- I was just thinking if, if they're going into first year, because um, obviously things are so different now with with coronavirus and everything's online. I think 
there's possibly a lot more time, a lot more free time to to yeah. focus on bodybuilding if they want to. Bro, I just thought as well. What? Give them a night out to go on. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dedicate everything to the gym. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of it. Time management, yeah, true. You probably can cook all day and get eight meals a day in and train as long as you want now. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe don't miss out on any house parties then. Uh, that's about the only thing that, that you can probably No do. more than six people, though. Yeah, no more than six, though, for sure. Um, but yeah, shit, I completely forgot about that, bro. I'd hate to be a fresher now. Oh, it'd be awful. Can the whole like... point of uni and freshers, like... And it's just gone. You can't do it. Can you imagine? Honestly, awful. Uh, at least gyms are open. That's the only positive. But I yeah. can't see them being a night out for a good year. Probably no. 2022. Yeah. My brother's actually just started Freshers and I think uh, they're, they're finding their way around it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sure they are. Still in the same, but I'm sure they are. But um, yeah, that's my last question, bro. Well, yeah, I only had that that one anyway. So, I mean, they weren't bad to be fair. I had a, I had a decent amount. We good. normally get a load of shit, so they're actually pretty good questions. Yeah, I mean, the, the current training split one was was shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're used to that. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah thanks for the question guys um we will uh we'll be getting one out weekly now and we'll be sure to get some some decent guests on decent guests on uh, in, the, <laughs> in the next couple of weeks um but yeah we'll wrap it up there yeah yeah all right let's eat right. some food yeah, well, i need to finish this to be fair um all right guys thanks for listening and uh, as always um, share it on your stories if you can and uh, thanks for tuning in cheers guys <laughs>